1: Celebrate good times. All right. LSU basketball finally gets a win. Good afternoon and welcome aboard. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Thursday, February 23rd, the year 2023. We are jam-packed today and uh, we'll talk LSU women's basketball on the road. The Pels on the road. We'll talk about the last person before Trey Morgan that hit for the cycle at LSU. And the Saints uh, are making some deals. They're they're moving around money to try and get under that salary cap to make some more deals. All these things coming your way today. My main man, Jams Mesh, back in the producer's chair inside the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette go west a little further we're on 1041 in lake charles we're streaming around the world 1037thegame.com 1041thegame.com and if you're in the Acadiana area turn your television set on because we are simulcast on stadium 32.3 and 133 on lus fiber did you miss the headlines of the day not
0: to worry The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's
1: headlines. I've said it from day one. The only way LSU basketball can win is if they shoot the ball well. 45% from the field, 43% from downtown, 78% from the free throw line. You put it all together and the streak is over over if LSU had lost to Vanderbilt they would have tied a program record with 15 straight losses but but a couple of studs stood up their main man delivered and the tigers come away with an 84-77 win whoo i was there with my daughter we saw it um and aj williams was all that and then some he just had one of those days where he couldn't miss He couldn't miss. He scored 23 of his career-high 35 points in the final 20 minutes of the game. Three ball after three ball inside. He was terrific. Got to give him credit. He was terrific. Tigers shot it better. They out-rebounded the Commodores by five. And and how about the stat there of turnovers? Well, very limited in that as... They protected the basketball. Only seven turnovers on the night. So, good night for LSU basketball. Head coach Matt McMahon with the with the piano off his back summed up the Tigers win.
2: Great win for our team tonight. We're really proud of our players. I, I, I loved the process we went through these last 48 hours. I thought the preparation was really good. Felt our guys played with great energy. I thought I had a really good shoot-around today, and that carried over tonight. You know, really felt like we had a team out there tonight and uh, was a lot of fun to watch. I thought guys were really locked in to doing the things we needed to do to have success. You know, obviously K.J., uh, his performance off the charts, you know, 35 and 10. I thought Adam Miller, you know, getting to the free throw line 10 times was huge, uh, 18 points there. And then I just think there were some other stats that – that have really been missing for us of late, and you know Trey Hannibal didn't take a shot tonight, uh, but he had the highest plus-minus in the game of any player. Uh, Juice Hill, uh, four to one assist to turnover, had the second highest plus-minus in the game tonight, and um, you know has been challenging our players. This is where you find out what you're made of. Uh, obviously, it's been a, a really difficult stretch. Uh, so happy, happy for our guys to, to come in here and play well and find a way to win tonight.
1: K.J. Williams, 13 of 25 from the field, 5 of 10 from downtown, 4 of 6 from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, a steal, only one turnover. He was the star of the game, and here's his thoughts afterwards.
0: With me uh, scoring those 20 uh, of our next 33, um, just credit to my teammates for finding me. Um, and my, also the coaches uh, drawn up plays for me to get wide open shots. Um, looking at the defense because there's a lot of space out there. Um, it, it was just something that that we uh, that we gotta attack. Uh, of course, if you see a lot of space, um, why not attack it? Um, and credit to my teammates, they they found me in the open spots
1: and I, I knocked him down. They knocked him down. He was uh, he was terrific. The um, guard play was really really good. Uh, and because of that, LSU finally gets off the schneid. Now they go on the road Saturday night to Oxford to play Ole Miss for a 730 tip. Meanwhile, at the Cajun Dome, the Bob Marlins Ball Club um, took care of their business, downing Arkansas State 85-74 to remain undefeated at home in the Cajun Dome this season. Um Here's Bob Marlin um, talking about what this win was all about. Well, not Bob Marlin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, forgive me on that one. Um, uh, his look, they remain 22 and 7 overall, 12 and five in league play. They've got a double bye in next week's Sun Belt tournament in Pensacola, Florida. They don't play until Saturday. Uh, Jordan Brown was a force once again for the Cajuns, scored um, 31 points along with 13 boards when they won in Jonesboro. Last night, he had 24 and 12 in his encore performance. And now I got it right. Here's Jordan Brown um, and, uh, you know, what his performance was all about.
0: I thought Sheik played really well tonight. I mean, he had 18 and 13 and uh, made some athletic plays. Uh, they doubled him. They forced him. Jordan had, what, four turnovers. He had a couple of bad passes. But uh, he also had a couple of steals tonight. He did some other good things and, and blocked a shot late that was big. But we knew they would come at him some. We didn't we, – we got a couple of early baskets. I think Terrence got a layup, and then Joe, Joe got a foul and got to the free throw line in the second half. But we, we missed uh, a couple of opportunities to cut
1: and score when he had the ball. Come on, Bob. You won. Get excited. Show a little enthusiasm. The Cajuns, um, one more game at home Friday against Red Hot South Alabama. It's an 8 o'clock tip. It's on ESPN2. So congratulations to the Cajuns for getting their um, opportunity and getting it done. So um, we'll see how they fare. Uh, when it comes conference tournament time. In LSU football news, Maryland graduate transfer offensive lineman Mason Lunsford announced on Twitter that he was uh, uh, he's received an offer from LSU. He's 6'7", 305 pounds, an interior offensive lineman with two years of eligibility. He's received at least a half a dozen offers uh, from schools like Arkansas, Tulane, and Houston. So let's see. Uh, what happens there. LSU baseball on the road, traveling as we speak. They're heading to the Round Rock Classic this weekend to take on three different teams at Dell Diamond. LSU starts the weekend facing Kansas State tomorrow at 2 o'clock. The game will be here on the game, followed by Iowa Saturday at noon and Sam Houston State Sunday at 4. So we'll have all those games here uh, on 1037 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles the uh Ryan Ramchek and the New Orleans Saints they're they're reworking some contracts yes indeed um the restructure is going apparently save the Saints more than 10.3 million against the 2023 salary cap as first reported by the NFL Network um, Ramcheck agreed to convert $12.92 million of his base salary into a signing bonus that will be spread out over the next few years. It's the same tactic the Saints used recently in restructuring the contracts of safety Marcus May and starting center Eric McCoy. Um, just a bunch of Ross salary cap-minded roster moves that the Saints need to uh, to do so they can thrive and and exist and maybe go out and get some get some more talent out there o- on the field. He is uh, he is out of the darkness. Uh, the 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 craziness that is Aaron Rodgers, um, according to Scott Berman, who owns Sky Cave Retreats, uh, Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his darkness retreat um in southern oregon where he spent the past several days and nights not so much um to get a better sense of where he was at in his life rogers said he was not going to the retreat just to figure out whether he will play in 2023 or retire rogers 39 years old under contract with the packers for 59.46 Five million guaranteed if he plays in 2023. Fifty-nine million. <sighs> Holy cow. All right, our guest list today. Uh Patrick Wright will join us. LSU's women's basketball team trying to, to stay and you know, stay in the hunt um, as they get ready. Tonight to take on Vanderbilt in Nashville. We'll go live for a report on that. Ali Cassell, Pelicans, 23 games left in the regular season. Gets underway tonight at Toronto. We'll talk about that. The last player to get a uh, hit for the cycle prior to Trey Morgan getting it done against Southern on Tuesday was Mikey Matuk, the former St. Thomas Moore LSU Tiger Major League player. We'll catch up with Mikey for a little bit. Bob Rose usually joins us on a Tuesday. We were off for Mardi Gras, but we got some things to talk about with the Saints and the NFL, so Bob Rose will join us as well. Jam-packed show today. So glad you are with us. We'll take our first time out of the day when we come back. LSU women's hoops. Should they be a number one seed in the country? One of the top four? I say so. We'll find out after this.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Join us for a day of golf and giving at the game charity Golf Scramble, benefiting Redbird Ministry, sponsored by Courtesy Brobridge. Hit the links at Farm Day Alley while supporting a great cause. All proceeds from the tournament will go towards Redbird Ministry's mission of serving families who've been given the extraordinary cross to carry the loss of a child. In addition to 18 holes of golf, the day will include great prizes, food, drink, and a great day with the staff at the game and courtesy Broberg. So gather your friends and colleagues for a fun day on the course while making a difference in the lives of those in need. Get your foursome together and register now at 1037thegame.com. Together, we can make a difference. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for
0: the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: We're back 17 minutes after the hour. All eyes in the women's college basketball world will be focused in Knoxville, Tennessee as number one ranked South Carolina, 14-0 in the SEC Tennessee is 12 and two in third place sandwiched in between the two are the LSU Tigers who will be uh, who are in Nashville right now to take on uh, the Vanderbilt Commodores 6 30 p.m. tip central time our time on the call of the game the voice of the Lady Tigers or the LSU women's basketball team excuse me the venerable Patrick Wright Patrick good afternoon sir how are you
3: Good, Jordan. You know Lady Tigers is okay. I know there's a okay. group uh to look at to try to be correct, but we Lady Tigers, Coach Mulkey's good with it, so I'm good with it too.
1: Okay, good. LSU leads the conference 85 points a game. They lead the conference in field goal percentage 47%. What did this team learn about themselves after that um that tough defeat in Columbia against South Carolina?
3: I think they did a good job of putting that behind them. I think they uh, obviously learned some things, not necessarily things that you can tangibly write down on paper, but um, right. but South Carolina's tough. They're veteran. They're experienced. That's something that you can't just have, as Coach Mulkey says. you got to go get it. Um and I think you know they learned the value of you know not being kind of starstruck, which I think, mm-hmm. as much as you can say you're not going to be, I think when they got on that big stage and South Carolina ran out to that 18 to two lead, I think there was a little bit of that. So I think if these right. teams see each other again, it, uh...
1: Patrick, if you can move to another area where we're kind of getting a little distortion there, um, <laughs> okay, are, are you back with us? Um,
3: I can I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay.
1: Now I can. For a brief moment we okay. couldn't. Patrick Wright with us. Uh LSU scores about, I don't know, uh nearly twenty points more a game than Vanderbilt, gives up about fourteen points less. Anything concerning you about uh other than the fact that it's on the road?
3: Well, um, Vanderbilt has played a lot better lately. They beat Kentucky by 20-plus points a couple days ago. They've only got nine players on their team, but they've, they've played together as a unit and have gotten better as the season goes by. LSU played Vanderbilt the first game in January, um, so it was a long, long time ago, but LSU out-rebounded them by 31 in that game. Um, Angel Reese had a, a rebound game up close to 20, um, and I don't think Vanderbilt's team grew six inches piece since January, so that should still be a huge advantage for LSU in the game tonight. Um, it's it's a funky gym, as you well know, um, oh, yeah. but they got in there last night and today in practice, and I think they're kind of acclimated to that situation. Uh, so Vanderbilt's a team they're playing better, but uh, if, as long as LSU comes out and does what they do, they should be just fine tonight.
1: Okay. The most important thing I'm going to be watching is halftime of the South Carolina Tennessee <laughs> game when the Selection Committee reveals their second um, revelation of their top 16 teams. Um, UConn got beat the other day. They were uh, number four in the AP poll. LSU is at number five. Kim has talked about, and we know about that strength of schedule that, that has hurt them uh, in the eyes of the committee, but my goodness gracious! When you go through the SEC and you're the way they are, this has got to be a top four team and a number one seed, doesn't it? Well, and it tonight
3: will be kind of telling because another team that was ahead of LSU as far as the last reveal was Iowa, and Iowa and had a, a big loss to to Maryland a couple nights yeah. ago as well. So um, the Charlie Cream, who is the bracketologist for women's basketball, kind of like the Joe Lenardi is for men's basketball. And after a couple nights ago, he tweeted that if he were doing the bracket today, LSU, in his mind, would be a number one seed. So I'm curious to see what the committee is going to do with that. Now, as far as LSU's non-conference strength of schedule, yeah, it has been discussed a lot, but their net ranking, which is the new metric, not the RPI anymore, but their net ranking is still four. Um, Even with the non conference schedule factored in so i'm curious this i think tonight we will learn how much the committee does or does not devalue lsu's non-conference schedule if on the reveal tonight they are a number one seed because again pecking order wise lsu was six or seven and two teams in front of them lost so tonight's going to tell you um what, what they yeah. think uconn is just a team that is playing on fumes right now they've been playing six kids they got kids hurt They've lost a couple of games and they are staggering down the stretch. They've got to be bumped off that line. I would think yes. Iowa's got a great resume, even though they did get beat by Maryland the other night. So, yeah, I'm, I'm it, it's going to, going to be something, something worth looking at tonight. Cause I think it will, it will tell a lot.
1: The only negative I can see the committee coming up with is they'll say, okay, well, LSU didn't play anybody when they finally played, uh, you know well, yeah, they beat Tennessee beat them on their home court that's great but when they went on the road and played a really tough team eh, South Carolina kind of handled them. LSU fought back and made the game of it early uh but then boom that was all she wrote So that's the only negative I can see but my goodness you're 20 you're 25 and one I just can't see how I would be stunned Patrick Wright if LSU wasn't <laughs> a number one seed and the difference between a one seed and a two seed is really insignificant. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, but from a prestige standpoint, and the fact that heck, it's only the second year this coach has been there. Heck yeah, let's get that number one seed.
3: You know, and I, I agree with you, but yeah, and and recency bias being what it is, if you take a look at at Ole Miss, we beat Ole Miss, a very good team, very good defensive team. We beat them by nine points at home last week. Well, Ole Miss very well could have yes. law, could have beaten South Carolina someday. Yes. Ole Miss. Lost in overtime, they had a possession at the end of regulation where they were going to shoot to win the game. Um, so that, to me, makes the old Miss win look that much better. That you're able to all handle right, them because of the game they gave South Carolina. So who who knows what runs through the committee's mind when they do That's these right. things? But um, the eye test, uh, you know, if if the only time this committee has seen LSU play with South Carolina, then yeah, uh, maybe you could have an issue, but. But LSU's had plenty of games that were on big stages. You know the Tennessee game on the Monday night. A lot of people yep. should have seen that game that are on the committee. Um, mm-hmm. So I, the eye well, test shouldn't be a problem either. I don't think.
1: Yeah, if you're on the committee, you got to be watching all the games. So I'm with you. Okay. You would hope. <laughs> yeah, you would hope. Twenty six games in, we know how effective Angel Reese has been. I the one thing I was concerned against South Carolina going against their big was the potential, the possibility of some foul trouble. She got into early foul trouble. Um, With this squad as is, uh, is there anything when you play against the Indianas, the Stanfords, the South Carolina, the, the cream of the crop, and LSU's certainly in there, the Iowas and the Marylands. is there a concern for you with this club?
3: Well, and right now, and I've already done my my chat with Coach Mulkey that we're going to play before the game tonight, she's a little concerned defensively right now that LSU's gotten a little bit away from their defense, field goal percent defense, scoring defense. She feels like her last four or five opponents, maybe besides Ole Miss, Ole Miss only scored 60, but Florida got 79 a few nights ago when we were uh, over in Gainesville. Mm -hmm. She would really like for this defense to, to tighten up a little bit, and I think that's the goal these next two games in the regular season season and then however many we play in the sec tournament you know get back to where we're giving up 45 50 55 points a game where opponents are shooting you know 30 percent 32 33 percent because teams like iowa and teams like indiana when you face them down the road they're teams that can just absolutely put the ball in the bucket at will so lsu's got to got to kind of tighten up and shore up the defense a little bit i think that's that's the big concern it's not bad but it can definitely get better
1: all right, Patrick Wright, we'll let you go about your business. Go count the scoreboards. Last time I was there, they had 18 of them. So, uh, <laughs> hey, you know what, so, and I'll
3: tell you real quick, Jordy, uh, they've yeah. kind of redone that arena. They've got a big overhanging um, Jumbotron really? video board now. Because I, I noticed it this morning. They used to have the, the most scoreboards anywhere. They don't have them anymore. It's just the one wow. big overhang. That's it.
1: Okay, well, Good. Good. That was part of the That was part of the charm of the place. Everywhere you looked, uh, with all the angles. I hate that and place. The, oh, it <laughs> I awful. hate it. it. was awful, awful. Raised court benches on the at the end line. Jeez, uh, Louise, that was uh, one of the craziest courts in the history of basketball. Uh, got funny stories, but I'm up against the clock. Hey, have a great call of the game tonight. I greatly appreciate your time and uh, safe travels back to Baton Rouge, buddy.
3: All right, Jordy. We'll talk soon.
1: Take care. Patrick Wright, LSU's women team, taking on Vanderbilt tonight. We'll take a timeout when we come back. Pelicans start their race to the finish line against the Toronto Raptors. That's next after this.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Brought to you each and every day by ShopRite, tobacco plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon of Lafayette, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. By DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted and by Cajun Chef. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef Hot Sauce.
0: Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your hall for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana.
1: All right, welcome back. uh, They're in the starting gate. And the sprint is about to begin to the end of the regular season in the NBA. 23 games left for the New Orleans Pelicans. They get it underway tonight in Toronto. Let's roll. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. I don't know why I'm excited about these Pelicans, Ali, but I am. I I got a decent feeling here, buddy. How are you?
4: I'm doing great because, like you, I have that same feeling. And I'll tell you what. It starts tonight, of course, but things are looking up when you look at several factors, which I'm sure we'll get into.
1: Let's, let's, let's start with factor number one. What's the most important factor?
4: Health. Without a doubt, health for this team, right? When, when, they get, when key guys miss games, they lose. When they have them, they, they've honestly looked very good. And so while Zion's not going to be back yet, they're going to have one of their most important pieces back tonight, and that's Larry Nance. Dyson Daniels, his return is literally just around the corner Um, He was upgraded to probable yesterday on on yesterday's injury report, but it got downgraded again to questionable today. But sounds like to me and from people I've talked to, he's going to be back either the following game or maybe the game after. So he's going to be back. And, of course, they need him too, right, especially defensively.
1: I'm with you. Um, Toronto's a scary club. They've won two straight, five of their past six games, and they're completing a five-game homestand tonight. Siakam, Van Fleet, Trent Jr.'s back, Ananobi is back. Is back. Uh, this is a danger. Scotty Barnes. I mean, they're loaded.
4: Yeah, and it makes you wonder why they've been up and down all season, yes. right? I think Masai Ujiri is probably still scratching his head because he entered this season as a lot of fans did in Toronto thinking this team is going to be uh, good, right? Probably landing somewhere inside the playoff picture, but it's been just the opposite. But yeah. Look, they play a fast style. Uh, they've got a lot of mobility, a lot of versatility. And that's why he thought, well, for today's NBA, that's a perfect, right? Perfect recipe. Yeah. But it hasn't really worked out. But I'll tell you what, they've been playing better of late. Um, Scotty Barnes has been playing better. He's kind of had a down second season. Yeah. And I'll tell you yeah. what, I think it's gone underrated by most of the league, but adding J- Jacob Pirtle, uh a yes. center who used to right start his career up in Toronto, adding a real center to that lineup is going to help. Right, So when they face bigger teams like the Pelicans tonight, they're going to fare better. So, yeah, I'm worried about them too because they play such a fast style. They deflect a lot of shots, get out in transition, but now they've got their big in the middle. It's going to be a real test.
1: I I was surprised. I thought they would be a big-time seller um, at the trade deadline. You know, they're not going to – I mean, 28 and 31, that's – man, that's – the way Boston's playing, I thought they would be tanking to get – uh, Victor Kembayana, whatever his name is, the big seven <laughs> foot five Frenchman. But but they're not. They keep winning games. So this is a tough, tough start. What are the keys for the for the Pels tonight? Besides Ingram and and everybody playing well, but Ingram and McCullum getting their numbers.
4: Yeah, I'm with you. I thought that they would sell off the parts on that team too. But I think he made the right decision, you Jerry, because look, the team has a lot of talent and hadn't come together, and they weren't going to get the asking prices. So for the Pels to beat this squad, I'm looking at one thing and one thing only. The Pelicans' starting lineup. Jordy, they've been terrible, right? CJ, Herb, B.I., Trey, and Jonas Valanciunas. For some reason, that group has not worked since B.I.'s return from his toe injury. So even though the Pels, right, over the last, you know, was it six games they've gone four and two, that starting lineup's still been miserable where they can't really score. And defensively, boy, they've been just downright awful. And you don't That's, have to look any further than the last game against the Lakers. They couldn't stop the Lakers. I think LA yeah. scored what on their first five or six possessions? And yeah. it wasn't even yeah. close. There were guys left wide open. So for me, it's just gonna be all about effort with with watching what this starting lineup does. Because they've shown in the past this group of five that they can win together. Because they did it last season and at the start of this year. But for some reason, like I said, since B.I.'s been back, they've been terrible. And what's the kicker really, Jordy, is the fact that the rest every single other lineup combination Uh, Willie's thrown out there, has been a positive. The team's been really good when it hasn't been this starting lineup. So if they can just get this fixed, get this right, we're going to see them be much improved. And I think, like you said, we're going to have a lot of things to be hopeful for over the remaining schedule.
1: Easy. Change the starting lineup. Put Jose Alvarado in there. Let him dog Van Fleet, who always plays well against the Pelicans. Alvarado's got to be on a confidence high after what he did in the, the Rising Stars deal. He was terrific. Put Jose in there.
4: Yeah, you know, I'm not going to argue that because if this continues, you have to make a change of the starting lineup. And when I was watching a lot of video, I could point my finger at so many things. So, right, we know Herb has been struggling with his shot all season, but that's what fans are seemingly only focused on. When B.I. defensively has been awful since he's returned. Trey, he's been incredibly inconsistent. Yeah. Jonas and C.J. have their, you know, they're just limited just because look at their size and athletic ability. But offensively, and that's what bothers me the most, this group should be on fire. They should be able to tear teams apart, at least with their offense or keep pace. But they haven't, and the reason why is they don't get JV his touches, Trey Murphy his touches. We've seen when Trey and, and uh, Jonas, when they do get a good amount of shot attempts per game, the Pelicans usually win those games. And that's what my research showed. So you're right. I, I think that if it doesn't work, you got to make a change, though.
1: I, l- I just think the ball moves more. There's... It, mm-hmm. it, it just happens when Jose's in the lineup. It, 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 that's what my eye sees. That's what the numbers show. I mean, come on. Let's take out. Let me ask you that. Who would you remove from I, the starting lineup then? I would take, um, golly, I would. Uh, I know. I'd, I'd keep one <laughs> defender in there, Herb Jones. I'd take Trey Murphy out and say, Trey, you're my sixth man. You come in at this mark and you fire away, period. Uh-
4: I like it, Jordy, and that's where I'm leaning, because if it's not her, maybe start Dyson again. Or, excuse me, instead of Jose, you start, start Dyson, some other defender, right? Because think about last year. This team didn't have Zion all year, right? But they plugged Jackson into that, you know, that last starting role, which Trey has now. But that team last season did really well, right, on both ends. And they didn't really need that extra shooter. So, really, I'm with you. I think Trey might be better served by coming off the bench.
1: I'm with you on that point. I am with you. Um... Okay, so where are we in the Zion thing? How many more? How many? How much more time before he gets reevaluated again?
4: Yeah, that's coming up real soon. Um, he's supposed to get reevaluated coming right out of this break. So I'm expecting news on that front, and say probably not today, but tomorrow or the following day. Unfortunately, I'm telling you, I wish there was good news that I'm hearing, but I just got a feeling that he's going to be out probably for at least you know three, maybe four weeks, right? We're hoping that we can see him for the last stretch of games. So last six or so games of the season, I think that's what everybody's leaning towards seeing.
1: I just don't get it. I mean, look, and I'm not doubting anything, but I mean, Pat Mahomes could hardly walk. That son of a gun was in the training room for six hours a day with that high ankle, and look what he did. What is the deal with this hamstring? What's caused this?
4: Yeah, that's the unfortunate part. I think if it was an ankle issue, I think a player can play through that. I'm with you, but this is a hamstring. This is where I've pulled a hamstring. So once you pull it, you're done, right? It's almost like a bad back. You're just not going to be able to do anything until it heals. And yeah. players, unfortunately, right, when they pull a hamstring, chances are they re-injure it. Devin Booker's done it, Paul George, Chris Paul. Over the last, you know, This is the last couple of seasons. I'm talking about the Stars. that have retweaked their hamstrings. Unfortunately, Zion did so. I think that's why we're going to see him miss an extended period because they got to get him right. Look, yeah. I'd rather have Zion healthy uh, for for the entire play-in if they got to play the play-in and a playoff rather than taking another chance and then he doesn't play in it again.
1: Alec Cassell at the bird writes, I, I, I'm with you. Um, with 23 games left in the reg- in, in the season, and every game is critical because the difference between four and 12 is like you can hold your fingers this close. Um, And it's not very far apart because, I mean, this thing is so fluid, can move up and down in a matter of moments. Does Willie Green shorten his bench or does he what what do you think his philosophy is going to be down this run now?
4: I would personally, I know that you want to prepare, right? Start playing like playoff mindset where you're going to play usually shorter rotations. But for this team, I wouldn't do it for one simple fact. They're deep. And they've got a lot of talent to where if you really want to push the pace, which they were doing really well, right, the start of the year, but we haven't seen them like, you should use more bodies. If, you, if you've if you got the horses in your barn, use them. Yeah. So I think yeah. the Pelicans just the opposite. I think they should go at least 10 deep, maybe even 11, because if everybody's healthy, I mean, I hate to not see Kyra playing or one of Josh Richardson and Dyson Daniels when Zion returns, right? Because I think they can all help you. And like I said, for the Pelicans to win, you have to be great defensively, and then you got to play off that defense. And the best way to do it is by having healthy, motivated guys. So go ahead and use those horses.
1: Do you take Jonas out and you put Nance in, or do you go big with Hernan Gomez? What do you do when when it's time for Jonas to to take a blow?
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm riding with Larry because all the numbers show that he's been fantastic. I mean, outside of Zion and maybe Jose, Larry's been the most important guy according to the numbers to where. The Pelicans, they're so much better offensively and defensively when he's just out there on the court. So having him soak up as many minutes, especially at the small ball five, I think that's the key. And I think we've seen it, right? That's why JV's now playing, what, on average, 24, 25 minutes a game for mm-hmm. the last couple of months, mm-hmm. even when Zion's been out, because Larry's just been that good and that good of a you know, fit for this starting lineup and what they want to do.
1: It's crazy. I've never seen a, a race like this. Pels are in the seventh spot there, three games out of third, Two games out of fourth, uh, and yet they're a game and a half out of, like, 13th. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. Yes,
4: mind-boggling. There's 15 teams in the Western Conference, and what, 11 of them are within three and a half, four games of each other? Yeah, Yeah. it's going to make for a fantastic finish. I'll tell you what, I think the Pelicans could come out on top. Even CJ McCollum said he thinks that if they go about 16 and seven over the remaining uh, 23, he thinks they can notch a, a top four seed. I don't know if that'll happen, but getting top six that that should be the goal.
1: That that should be the goal. And we're going to have to see Phoenix is at five, and now here comes Kevin Durant. Uh, mm-hmm. Dallas is at number six, and now we got the Irving and the Luca uh, experiment. I, I'm not. I don't know what to think about the Clippers. They just added Russell Westbrook. I hope he becomes the contaminant that he seems to be wherever he goes <laughs> and I, I still don't understand how the sacramento kings are doing what they do uh but they've fallen eight games behind the nuggets so yeah. I, I i don't know where the the pels are going to make up ground um i think minnesota got a little bit worse because of trading d'angelo russell to the lakers um i i don't know golden state when steph gets back all bets are off
4: yeah, that's just it. Golden State, when they get Steph back, what about Minnesota? Car, Anthony Towns, he should be back. And then, look, we're, we're not even talking about Portland and Lakers who, who sit outside the picture, but you know the Lakers are coming. We saw yep. how well they played right against the Pelicans. Yep. So that that new rotation that Darvin Ham's got, you like it. You like their chances to leap over some teams. But I'm with you, right? The Kings, they have a tough schedule, and they've been so lucky on the injury front that you just feel like, I don't know if that, you know, honestly, that good luck can sustain. And the Clippers' sons – well, not so much suns but the Clippers and Mavericks have question marks for me. You just mentioned it. I don't know if you can trust on Kawhi and Paul George. And then their rotation I thought was kind of made sense, but now they added Russell. I don't understand. And Luka and Irving and Dallas, they haven't clicked. They've lost three in a row, and they're missing yeah. key defensive guys that they had beforehand, before the trade. So I don't know if they write their ship either.
1: They don't play any defense, that's for sure. So if they're not shooting the ball well, then uh, they've got issues. But – uh, we shall see. It's uh, hey, Look, the Pels got to show some urgency, man. They they got to play like it's a college season. Um, every game here's, here's some good news for you. I should probably mention
4: at the top of your show. They got back to practice and got after it starting this Tuesday, this past Tuesday. Most teams don't get back and start practicing as a team until the day before their first game. So right. I think it shows the serious mindset of this team, right? The Lakers lost, left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. They're like, let's do something about it. And the fact that they've been working hard the last three days now, I like their chances. I, I'm looking for them to come out with some gusto that we haven't seen tonight against Toronto.
1: Yeah, yeah. Toronto's going to be tough. Um, they, that's a that's a loaded lineup, and I've been in that arena. It's it's not a bad arena. It's a beautiful place to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, boy, they need to come out with some urgency and set the tone early on this thing, and let's uh, let's play a little defense and go from there. I'm excited. We shall see what happens, but Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights will cover it for you. He's must-read material. Uh, As always, thank you, my friend. Let's roll, baby. Let's go. We'll both
4: keep our fingers crossed.
1: (laughs) I'm with you. Thank you, Ali. Yep. All right, buddy. We'll take a time out. We'll come back with more after this.
0: Holdberg Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: And speaking of the Astros, Guns and Roses is playing at the Astros home park, Minute Made Park. You can watch Guns and Roses live in person in Houston on September 28th. And you can do so with a simple text message. To score tickets, join the Games Text Club by texting Roses, R O S E S to 337-283-8100. That's Roses to 337-283-8100. Once you're a member, you'll be eligible to score tickets to see GNR live at Minute Maid Park, courtesy of the Games Text Club.
0: Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just love The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: We're back fifty minutes after the hour. You just heard the commercial spot. Uh, Louisiana Lauder gives you a reason to smile. Well, their director of communications always makes me smile. One of the nicest people in the world, Kimberly Chopin, joining us now to tell us the latest on the lottery. Um, Happy belated Mardi Gras. And uh, spring, it looks like it's sprung, Kimberly. How are you? I'm doing great, Jordy. How about yourself? I'm doing terrific. I really want to know. I I mean, uh, look, it's all about the swag. And you've got this favorite jersey number promotion for the New Orleans Pelicans who get back in action tonight in Toronto with the stretch run for the playoffs on the line. So tell me about this new promotion. Yes. I mean,
5: you know, we have a partnership, obviously, with the the New Orleans Pelicans. And so what we do is, with our sponsorship assets, we give them all to our players. So that is fantastic. That's great news for our players, and this is just one of those promotions we're doing. Very easy. You don't have to purchase anything. Just go to our website at louisianalottery.com, fill out the promotional form there, and tell us your favorite Pelicans player jersey number. Okay, this promotion is going to run through Sunday, so you have to get on there between now and the end of the weekend and take care of that. Um, What we're going to do is do a random drawing for a particular Pelicans jersey number. And then from all of the people who submitted that, we're gonna choose ten names to win a $50 digital gift card to the cool. Pelicans team store. So you don't even have to live in New Orleans or close by as long <laughs> as you're here in Louisiana. You'll get a digital gift card. You can go right onto the online store. Pick out what you like.
1: God, ah, awesome. Um, you're also promoting fast play, fun in a flash. I'm particularly interested in the tick. Tech Toe Diamonds game. Yeah, so aren't those different? I think what's fun with fast
5: play is it's a little bit different say than our scratch-off games, but they operate a lot um, like them in terms that you can win immediately, right? You don't have to wait for a drawing. So in this particular one, uh, you simply have to take your numbers and match them to the tic-tac-toe numbers, and then depending on which way you match, you know, straighten a line, diagonally, uh-huh. it tells you what prize you can win. So <laughs> that one's fun. That's you cool. simply ask for them by name because they print directly at retail.
1: That's awesome. Tic-tac-toe, cash vault. Um, You've got, see, I just missed it. Where is it? Blackjack and Lucky 10. So I'm kind of that instant gratification kind of a guy. I like to cut grass because I see the height and then I see it gone. So I like the fast play (laughs) in a flash. (laughs) You like the
5: fast thing. Yeah, yeah. I do. So if you like that, another thing that's really neat, is we have what's called progressive jackpot fast play games. Um, And right now, that progressive jackpot is over $93,000. So actually, out of all the fast play games, I'm going to say right now, those are probably the the best ones to play because that jackpot is really high. So we offer that at the $2, $5, and $10 level. And if you hit the jackpot... If you bought the two dollar game, you win twenty percent of it. Five dollar game, fifty percent of the jackpot. If you buy the ten dollar game, you win the whole shebang. So for a oh, top gosh. prize, for the as good as the odds are on those games, um, that's a that's a pretty good proposition there. If you if you like fast play games, ninety three
1: thousand one hundred twenty seven dollars in the jackpot that's updates right. every fifteen minutes. I found my new thrill on the internet. I'm going to watch this thing update every fifteen <laughs> minutes, Kimberly.
5: It. It does. It does. And you know, one more thing: if if you have any Saints uh, fast play or the two or five dollars scratch off games lying around, you have until Monday to get those in for our uh, final second chance drawing, where we'll be giving away lots of signed autograph merchandise prizes, as well as the coup de gras, which is next year's season tickets, including the parking pass. Uh, Tour of the Saints practice facility where you get to um, sit on the owner's balcony and watch the Saints practice for next season, Um, eat lunch in the team cafeteria. Just a really fun prize package. And that also includes pregame field passes and four sets of tickets for every game next season as well. That's a great prize. So if you still have any of those non-winning tickets from the Saints game this past year, be sure to get those in for that drawing.
1: Don't want to miss out on that. Kimberly, just get us a quarterback, Kimberly. And public service announcement: and that's right. some somebody's out there with a fifty thousand dollar unclaimed Powerball prize. Fifty thousand. Guess what? It expires March fourth. So get off your duffers and go get to get your money. That is
5: so true. We have a lot of them. If you go to our website and um, go to our unclaimed prizes page. We still have a million-dollar Mega Millions <sighs> ticket out there that hasn't been claimed yet. And mm. um, quite, a, quite a few Powerball prizes in the Baton Rouge area, one in the Baton Rouge area, one in Ponchatoula. So go check out that page on our website. And if by all means you're using your Powerball ticket, you know, as a bookmark, or <laughs> if you've got some of them in your car visor oh that you just God. haven't checked yet, pull them out and the- take a look. You're giving me the heebie-jeebies.
1: Somebody use it as a bookmark, Kimberly. We're out of time. You're the greatest. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jordy. Have a good All one. Right. Take care. We're done with hour number one. Hour number two, after the top of the hour sports update here on the Jordy Heldberg Show. number two of two and away we go with my main man james mesh in the producer's chair he's inside the game studios which are on the campus of delta media which houses klwb which is 1037 lafayette we're also on a little bit further west 1041 in lake charles streaming around the world 1037 thegame.com 1041 thegame.com and if you're in the acadiana area turn your television set on because we're simulcast on stadium 32.3 and 133 On LUS Fiber. We talked a lot of hoops in our number one. Uh, LSU baseball off to a great start. They're heading to the suburb of Austin, Texas, where the competition will get a little bit tougher. Uh, But so far, so good. And of course, the big story Tuesday afternoon was LSU first baseman Trey Morgan, who hit for the, quote, natural cycle, um, collecting a single in the second, a double in the third, a triple in the fifth, and then a home run in the sixth. He had to go all the way back to April 6th of 2010 for the last time an LSU player hit for the cycle, and that dude's joining us now. And I'm very proud of him because he was a a guest. You know, he he, a big league player, got out of the business, and now he's doing other things, and he became a guest on our show a couple of times here and there and got so good at it, he started his own YouTube show. Mikey Matuk joining us. Hey, big-timer. You forgot about us. How are you? What's going on, Bron Bomber? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. How's how's the um, uh, how's the show going every Monday and Wednesday night? Miked up, eight. The show.
6: Miked up, yeah. Miked up.
1: Uh, it's, it's going well. You know, me and Jared Mitchell
6: do it, and then Lloyd's our producer, obviously. And uh, we're having a good time, man. It's good. it's been something that we've enjoyed doing. We actually go Monday and Wednesdays from six to eight p.m. and then fridays from one to three kind of leading into the now it's baseball season leading into the baseball game so
1: good for you it.
6: that's kind of uh that's my side gig hopefully it becomes my main gig i do some commercial insurance by day and i do uh i'm a media personality i guess by night
1: <laughs> well you're a natural man i'm so happy for you and proud of you that's terrific just remember where you got your start big fella don't forget that's it.
6: it that's how you gave no. me my first big break i appreciate that. No.
1: Don't forget it. Um, all right, take me back to 2010. Um, okay. Do you remember that day, and do you remember the order of your cycle hits and how they came about?
6: I do, actually. I uh, I started the game off with a double. I went double, single, triple, homer. Oh, and wow. that's kind of how, uh, how I got it. So I didn't hit for the natural cycle like Trey did, but uh, it was the first and only time of my career that I hit for the cycle, which was a pretty – it was a pretty cool feat. Obviously, everybody wants to do that as a player. It's easier said than done, you know. That yeah. you get those thoughts creep in your head and you start trying a little harder, and yeah. uh, especially when the last one's a homer, you know. So, um, but it's, it was a, it was a really fun. Doesn't matter who you do it against. It's always a, it's a good feat to to have.
1: Just out of curiosity, the triple's got to be the hardest one to do, isn't it?
6: Triple is the hardest one to do. That is. If you get the triple out early, then yes. you're kind of like, okay, this is a real chance. Because that one, a lot of things have to go right. You have to place it in the right spot. Um, yeah, the, triple, the triple's the hardest one. I got I got really lucky on mine. On my last at bat, I kind of got out of my approach, and I chased the pitch, and I popped it up, and it kind of went over the, the third base dugout, and the wind kind of blew it back, and it made it real tricky, and it, it dropped in front of the third baseman. So I got another crack at it and ended up hitting a homer wow. the next pitch
1: wow wow um that triple you got to yeah. hit it in the gap and it's got to roll away it's got to bounce up against the wall and you gotta you gotta get on your hoofer man and get going
6: yeah you gotta go you gotta go you gotta either like you said hit in the gap hopefully someone dies for it and misses it and you get get an easier one but yeah it's a, the triples a, the triple's a tough one that's for sure that's the hardest one to get
1: all right let's talk about this uh this lSU baseball team it's still early and you know western Michigan southern no offense. It is what it is, but you still, you know, they still pitch it. And you got to hit it. You got to throw it and catch it. Uh, what stood out to you so far from what you've seen?
6: Uh, to me, you know, obviously going into the season, there's a ton of hype. You know, they're the consensus number one team in the country, and you know, you everybody talks about how much how deep they are as a team, especially offensively, uh, and they talked about all the new pitchers they have on the, in the in the rotation. I think for me, that was the thing that impressed me the most was how deep. Their pitching staff is really how deep they are as a, as a team but in particularly their pitching staff you know they lose one of their best guys on the mound and grant taylor before the season starts to tommy john and you know they don't really miss a beat you know paul Skeens is everything everybody expected plus some i think and you know he looked amazing he looked great i mean he was getting i read a scouting report on him he was his slider was getting comparisons to Corey kluber and and being a guy who had to face Corey Cooper a lot, that is uh, uh, saying a lot. You know, and so these yeah. pairs of 97-9 on our fastball with, a, with, a, with that type of slider. You know, he's going to wreak havoc on a lot of teams. And, um, you know, obviously Riley Cooper threw really well. And then you have the freshman Chase Shorts, who's upper 90s. And, you know, he had, a, he had a solid outing. It's his first career outing. And, you know, I think that you have those three guys, plus you have Thatcher Hurd. He had a rough one against Southern, but he's extremely talented, and he's got a lot of ability. And then you have Ty Floyd coming out in the bullpen right now, and then Christian Little has been lights out. So the depth of the pitching staff, I think, has been the most impressive thing. Uh, you know, obviously as the season progresses, the competition is going to get better and better. Yeah. Go you know, this weekend. They face, you know, I would say a tad bit better competition than they faced last weekend. And on Tuesday is the big one. You know, they go to Austin and play Texas at Texas. Yeah. And so you're going to see you're going to see how talented they are and see you know how right. how far along they are at this point in the season
1: mikey my took with us you know what impresses me the most you're gonna laugh at me um what's that this bit this team is big they got some dude big. they they're look huge you're six two i mean big man paul went through these years of little bitty kid, i'm like what who, 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 they don't scare anybody these guys are yeah.
6: dudes they're big yeah they're big and i mean you have you know um I mean, the freshmen, they're not, they're just, I mean, the pitching staff, you have 6'8", 6'7", 6'6", 6'7", and then you have Jared Jones, who's 6'5", in the middle of the lineup as a freshman, hitting balls off the top of the the scoreboard, and it's just, I mean, Dylan Cruz is about my size, and he's considered small on the team right now, and that's that's saying a lot, you know, they're physical, I think they've brought back that physicality in the lineup, and the physicality on the pitching mound, and, and so it's, it's been it's been nice to see. Obviously, hype and expectations are one thing. You got to go out there and do it. And I think that they embrace that. and I think that they, you know, they're showing that they are they are who we thought they were.
1: I was talking to uh, a friend of yours, Anthony Renato, and um, sounds like yep. you guys had a fun time at a at a wedding here recently. Uh, that looked pretty cool, <laughs> huh? We did have a
6: fun time. We uh, thankful thank. Thankful for our friend Jared Mitchell. we decided to get married, so congratulations to Jay Mitch. Yeah. He got married in Cabo, and so <laughs> we uh, we all took a nice little trip to Cabo and we got the band back together and we had a good time. So,
1: you had, uh, you had anytime the tan you suits, on. Somebody,
6: especially on the beach, it's always a good time.
1: Yeah, had the beach look, the tan suits. I mean, you guys were rocking them.
6: Oh, we felt good. You look
1: good, play good. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jeez Louise, uh, you miss the game at all, big guy?
6: I do miss it. You know, I, uh, I've i kept myself really busy over the last year.
1: Yeah. You know,
6: obviously, you know, I, I talk it a lot. So I think I get a little bit of my sports fix from that. But you can't replicate, you know, being on the field and the clubhouse and, and being around the guys. And so that's the stuff that I miss the most. And I think you hear that a lot from guys who get out of the game, that they miss that part of it. And, you know, the baseball part, I, I think I'm always going to miss, you know, being on the field, especially knowing that I can still do it right now and I haven't really aged myself out of it. You know, it's the other stuff I think that people are enjoy, right? It's, it's not having to deal with the business side of it. It's not having to deal with the uncertainty. It's not having to deal with the unknown. And that's the side that's a lot better for my mental health and, and uh, you know, my psyche for sure. But the, the yep. game part, I do miss.
1: Uh, I know that uh, there's a certain bride that's uh, that's happy that you're not on those uh, two week road trips and all that. So there's give and take in everything. You know what I mean? Now, if you ask if you ask her, sometimes
6: she say, "I wish you're still playing." You know, but yeah, for the most <laughs> part, for the most part, I know she's very happy. and you know, we can start talking about starting a family here soon, and and just you know do those all those types of things without having to try to plan it around you know the eight month baseball season.
1: That is awesome. Um, 2010, he hit the cycle. How many times did you come like one, one of those hits away from getting the cycle again?
6: Um, a, a few times in professional baseball, I had it a few times. Um, I believe that I, you know, in, in the big leagues, I've gotten there a couple of times where I, was, I needed like either a triple or a double or just didn't get that extra at bat. Now, mm-hmm. if you have a single left and you don't get the single, then you're doing something wrong, you know, because that one's yeah. the easiest one to get. But uh you know, there's times where it creeps into your head, you know, I think that if you get through the triple and the homer early, I think the other two um, you know, are a little bit more feasible to get. So it, it happens and you can kind of feel it when it does happen. But the the key really in my mind is to you know, you don't wanna change anything. Like if it happens, it happens. And this is the yeah. question everybody asks, would you rather hit for the cycle or would you rather hit two home runs with a double and a single? Or two home runs you know what what would you cycle. rather? Would you rather have the cycle or just add two home runs in a game? And I think a lot of guys would take the two homers.
1: Dang, I would take the cycle.
6: I don't know. I mean, yeah, the cycle sounds good. It's good. It's rare. A little more rare. But I mean, yeah. hit the two homers in a game is not an easy feat either. You know.
1: That's true. That's true. Well, um, let me brag on him. He was part of the 2009 LSU College World Series championship team. He led the SEC in batting with a somewhat gaudy 425 average led the league in on base percentage at 538 14 dingers 56 ribbies stole 29 you were the five tool dude man you really were
6: (laughs) that's that's what they say that's what they say i had it was a we had had a fun time we had a good season you know obviously in that 2000 uh my last year 2011 we didn't make it to the postseason we had a good record uh, you know, they had, the next year they ended up changing the rule to where more teams make it to the SEC tournament. We were the ninth seed, and they, at that time they only had eight. But uh, LSU gave me a lot, and I enjoyed playing. If I could have played – if NIL was a thing when I was playing, I may have stayed there for seven years if I could have.
1: Woo, dude. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We have yep. one thing in common. Your major league debut with the Tampa Bay Rays right. was on my birthday, right. April 10th. Yours was wow, in 2015. Look at that! Look at that. I knew so we were connected. connected.
6: Fate, fate it, was, it was fate. You know, we were connected yeah. down the line somehow. I knew we that. Need to,
1: we need to uh, call one another and toast one another on April the 10th. One for a birthday, time, one for April, a
6: hey, you know what? I always remember true. that because not only was it my debut, but it's the day before my wife's birthday. So you'll you'll be on the call list now. We can have a toast. We can have a toast every April 10th.
1: I have arrived. I'm on Mikey Matos' call list. There you go. There you uh, go. Con- continued success with uh, Mic'd Up on Wednesdays and Mondays and Wednesdays, 6 to 8 p.m. on YouTube, and then Friday from 1 to 3. Uh, have fun with that thing, man. And um, the key is guests, man. you got to get the right guests. If you do that, Absolutely. you're golden. I need to get you on the show. I need you to come on
6: the show. Let's talk, let's talk boss.
1: Baby, I don't talk free now. Hey, I'm kidding.
6: We can, we can kidding. figure out some conversation. I'll I'll, I'll get you to
1: an NIL deal. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm kidding, big guy. I would love to do it anytime. <laughs> hey, all the best to you. Good that. luck with the insurance and uh, and everything. And um, thanks for spending some time. That was fun. No, anytime, man. You know, anytime you need me, I'm here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Mikey Matuk took with us. We'll take a uh, timeout here at 15 minutes after the hour when we return the Black and Gold Report. Lots to talk about with the Saints and the NFL. Is Lamar Jackson becoming a New Orleans Saint? What? 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 After this timeout. This
0: is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Brought to you each and every day by ShopRite. Tobacco Plus discount outlets. Man, if you can't ShopRite at ShopRite, you just... You can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. The premier touchless, robotic, laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. It really works. By the Louisiana Lottery. We just had Kimberly Chopin on. You can't win until you start playing. And lots of opportunities to play. By DC's Little Capital Exxon. Everything under the sun in their store, including a true soul food deli, best cheeseburger ever. And by Cajun Chef. Oh, it's crawfish season, right? We'll turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. <laughs>
0: It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: I know it's a Thursday, but Tuesday we were off from Mardi Gras. I can't go a full week without my Saints talk with with my main man from... The Saints News Network, Bob Rose, always um, accommodating. I can't thank you enough. Good afternoon on a Thursday, my friend. Don't get used to it, but a Thursday. How are you?
7: Good afternoon to you, my friend, and happy Mardi Gras to you. Uh, and no, my 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 week is left with a giant void when I don't have uh, my my Jordy Haltberg time in it. So I, I appreciate you shuffling me around, my friend. I
1: get text messages. Where's Bob? Where? What happened? What, what are we gonna do? Like, don't worry, don't worry. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna figure it out. Seems like this is the time of the year when uh, Mickey Loomis becomes very very busy. First, Eric McCord they restructure his deal, saves eight million against the cap. Now you've got Ryan Ramcheck. Saving ten million against the how much more do they have to go to get under this damn gum cap?
7: Uh, yeah, forget Mardi Gras season; it is restructure season yeah. for the Saints and Mickey Loomis. Uh, and like you said, we see this every year. Uh, if my math is correct, Jordy, the Saints are still about thirty-four million over the uh, the projected salary cap for twenty twenty-three. So they have some work to go. Uh, I would expect in the coming days we will see restructures uh, and, and some reshuffled deals for Cam Jordan and Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, those two would save about twenty million together. Uh, you know, expect some news about Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, Tyron Matthew. Uh, restructures, not releases. Yeah, right. right. uh, you know, that together would save about about eighteen million. Uh, but my calculations, uh, we know Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas are just uh, are going to be released. That's just a matter of time. Uh, and some other moves that they could make include Andrus, Pete and Traquan Smith. You put all those together and the Saints are a few million under the salary cap uh, you know, for the coming season before free agency.
1: Michael Thomas, Saints
7: can't get anything for that dude. They can't get a fifth round pick for that guy. You would think so, Uh, but I think the time that Thomas has missed in the last three years with injury scares a lot of teams off, number one. And number two, when you combine that with his salary, you know as well as I do, nobody is going to pick that up. When healthy, Thomas is deserving of every uh, every penny. I believe he is at least top three wide receiver in the NFL when healthy. The problem is we haven't seen that. So New Orleans had to make this move. Yeah, they're probably talking to teams, uh, you know, uh, uh, hoping to maybe get something back in return for them. But if if another team trades for them, that means they have to take on that salary, and I just I don't see that happening.
1: Okay, um, Calvin Throckmorton, um, re-signing him—big deal, no deal? Yeah, um, what what is it?
7: I, I think it's a solid deal. Uh, okay. you know, Throckmorton has played some good football in the last <laughs> you know, last two seasons. Yeah, uh, you, know, you don't want that guy starting, uh, you know, at least in a long term starting spot. Uh, but he has proven that he could take over at either guard spot, uh, you know, for at least a couple games as an injury replacement without much of a drop off. So yeah, you know, a Saints offensive line that we're already questioning the depth and health of uh, because of the previous two years, I think keeping Throckmorton around is a wise move. I doubt. I, I don't know the uh the the salary terms off the top of my head but i highly doubt it's going to cost the team that much against the salary cap uh yeah you know, and again you 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 keep a guy that's familiar with the system and you know, who, who's a proven contributor yeah. when a guy when one of your starters go down
1: they, they've got all their offensive line too deep back all signed up and ready to go so um I, i'm going to take that as a positive bob <laughs> i don't know where else to go i'm just gonna take it as a positive um I'm going to say something. I want your um, agree, disagree. What's your viewpoint? Peyton Turner approaching bust status in a critical year three with the Saints
7: agree uh, rapidly approaching bust status uh, yeah and let's assume that the Saints do not re-sign Marcus Davenport uh, you know and you know, given spot tracks projection that Davenport's contract is going to be upwards of about uh, 20 million per year I think that's a pretty safe assumption that Marcus Davenport has done in New Orleans uh, remember that Peyton Turner ha- has struggled with injuries in his own right uh, you know, during his first two years but the thing that's a bigger concern to me is that there were three games where he was a healthy scratch last year. Undrafted guys like uh, like Carl Granderson have taken snaps from him. And, you know, this is no mm-hmm. slight against Granderson. He played you know, terrific football, especially last year. Uh, but you, you invested a first-round pick in Peyton Turner. He was slated to presumably replace either Cam or Marcus Davenport, yeah. Uh, you know, when either one of those guys left the, the organization, and he has not shown a glimmer one of being able to do that. Now he's entering year three, like you said. Everybody was ready to you know, to lynch poor Cesar Ruiz as he was going into his third year last year. So maybe that light comes on for Peyton Turner. He certainly got the physical ability, uh, yeah. But the it, the Saints need that investment to start paying off.
1: Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Another name out there, Caden Ellis. He raised uh, a, a little glimmer of light when discussing his future with the Saints. He said money won't be his only consideration in choosing his next team. Scheme will, too. Does the Saints
7: scheme fit Caden Ellis? The Saints scheme does fit Caden Ellis, But I think if you're going to read more into the last part of Caden's statement, it's this. The Saints' scheme, at least over the previous couple of years, now you know, they, of course, have a new defensive coordinator in Joe Woods, but it's still Dennis Allen's defense. Over the previous couple of years, we know that the Saints have preferred in many alignments to run with two linebackers and an extra defensive back. If they're going to do that, you know that those two linebackers, if healthy, are going to be Davis, DeMario Davis, and Pete Warner. That's well, a so big telling us that that yeah he feels kind of left out in the cold as a third linebacker in a mostly two linebacker scheme maybe okay um why do
1: i get the feeling that kate nellis is going to become the the trey hendrickson for somebody else i think he's that good
7: yeah i think he's that good too uh, you know, and you know, the, the football that he played, especially over the last half of 2022, uh, you know, he shows he belongs in this defense. He was every bit as disruptive over those last nine games uh, you know, as Cam DeMario. Lattimore, all those other guys that are you know, more publicized and higher paid players. Uh, you know, Caden Ellis held that defense together, in my opinion, when Pete Warner went down, because all of us were concerned about the lack of depth at linebacker going into the year since they didn't re-sign Juan Alexander. Caden Ellis put all that to rest. Now all those concerns start to creep up again rapidly if the Saints aren't able to re-sign him. Uh, Looking at, yeah, if you're going to estimate a salary, spottrack.com has it at about 5.1, you know, between, we'll say between five and six million dollar average per year. The Saints can afford that. And I absolutely think they should. Uh, You know, I I, I think this team is a much better, this defense is much better with three quality linebackers, such as Davis, Allison, Warner. Uh, And
1: Warner's always hurt. uh, Yeah. According to, to your point, rather, according to Sports Info Solutions, 1,005 total defensive snaps the Saints played last year. They were in base personnel, which is three linebackers, 262 of those, just 26%. So I, I don't blame Caden Ellis for saying, where, where do I fit yeah. here? What's the deal? Um, I hate to see a guy like that uh, go elsewhere and become a stud. I just do. Yeah. Um, Anyway, um, let's take a time out here because he's come out of the darkness in Oregon. Um, I just want to know when's the next Pat McAfee show so we can find out what what I don't know what the deal is between those two, but we'll find out what uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to do. We'll figure out what uh, Bob Rose thinks Aaron Rodgers is going to do, and I'll name a quarterback in each round of the draft that would be available for the Saints to take. Does Bob want any of them? when we return here on the Jordy Holtberg show with the black and gold report.
0: This is the Jordy Holtberg show on the game. One Oh three, seven Lafayette and one Oh four, one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: The monster trucks are coming back to the Cajun dome. The toughest monster truck tour returns March 17th and 18th in the game. One Oh three, seven Lafayette one Oh four, one Lake Charles has a VIP package to the toughest monster truck tour enter in the game rewards club at 1037thegame.com the vip package includes four tickets access to the pit area a merchandise certificate and how about a little lunch with the truck drivers on that friday the toughest monster truck tour is coming back and you can win a vip package courtesy of the game southwest louisiana's sports station
0: the Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. The
2: the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating
5: aspects to it. L-L-L-L-E-S.
0: Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest the best nickname the blonde bomber is cool as hell I agree all right let's play ball back to only the best on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station
1: I can go report part two with uh, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network Bob I just have I got so many questions for I just want to know who who comes up with the idea of Okay, I'm gonna create a place where people can go and just live in darkness for days. Sky cave retreats in southern Oregon. Who comes up with that idea?
7: I don't know, man, but I'm—I guarantee you—they're probably making a lot of money on it. Uh, yeah, it, it's not a bad idea. Uh, believe you me, with the yeah, the the last two weeks that I've had to deal with, I'm kind of envious. Uh, you know, of Aaron Rodgers you know, uh, you know, go, going off the grid, so to speak. So uh, I'd go nuts.
1: I'd go uh, nuts in the dark. No, I can't. I can't do it. Can't do it. All right. So question one, Green Bay Packers, you're the boss. You want Aaron Rodgers or if you is it time to cut ties?
7: Uh, if I'm the boss of the Green Bay Packers, I do want Aaron Rodgers back uh, you know, if he's willing to come back, you okay. uh, know, yeah, because. I I thought he had a sharp decline in his play last year, but you're still paying him a lot of money. He still knows your system. Uh, you know, it's just it, it's a comfort thing if I'm the boss of the Packers right now.
1: 59 million. 59 million. All right, let's let's take the opposite side. If if the Green Bay Packers don't want him, you're know, the New York Jets. You want Aaron Rodgers? You want Derek Carr? Is he worth the wait? What do you do?
7: Uh, And I know you joke uh, about my personal feelings uh, over Aaron Rodgers, you know, like he wronged a member of my family or something. But I honestly, I would take Derek Carr. And here's the reason why. A, he's a little bit cheaper. B, he has a future. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers is at the tail end of his career. I think we could all agree on that. Uh, C, Derek Carr is not bringing nearly the drama that Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. would. Uh, And it's, you know, those... Three reasons. I just I believe as football players right now, Aaron Rodgers is probably still better than Derek Carr, but I don't think the difference is as big as a lot of people believe. And those other three reasons that I previously mentioned they help trump that decision for me.
1: There's a quarterback in Baltimore. He's not going anywhere. Lamar Jackson. These they're gonna work that out, aren't they?
7: Yeah, they're gonna work that out. uh There, uh, Baltimore will franchise tag him. Uh, you know, from the sounds of it, because you know, the two sides don't sound like they're near a deal. Uh, you know, th- then there'll be some noise about Lamar you know, wanting a trade and not signing his franchise tag. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we've seen that throughout the league every year. He'll have until, I, I believe, mid-July to sign that franchise tag. And he'll probably sign it just in time for training camp while the two sides sit down and try to iron out a, a long-term deal. Uh, but, I, yeah, I can't. I can't see Lamar Jackson going anywhere. Absolutely not. Okay.
1: I get the impression that the longer this goes on, maybe I'm wrong, but the chances of the saints getting Derek Carr are flying out the window. That's just the impression I get. What's your impression?
7: You know, I'm not sure yet. Uh, I'm not sure I'd go, go to that extent yet because up to this point anyway, the only teams that we know that have met with Carr are the Saints and the New York Jets. Uh, I do expect there'll be more. Carolina Panthers will probably be next. I've heard a lot of mumbles about that. Uh, it just, at least early on, there hasn't seemed to be the interest in Derek Carr that a lot of people, maybe Carr himself, thought there would be. I still believe that this probably extends until the official start of free agency, which is March 15th and maybe a couple of days into it. Uh, you know, so we'll have, we'll have what about three weeks or so, uh, you know, yet, yet, yet. um, But I'm not ready to say that the Saints are out of it just yet. I mean, you know, we're seeing this team, Mickey Loomis, clear salary cap space. They're going to have to do that anyway, folks. So it's not necessarily just to sign Derek Carr, but we know that these Saints need a quarterback. And they know that uh, we know that they're going to, they're pretty much in desperate, uh, desperation mode to get one. And Carr has to be at the top of the names available.
1: If they don't, and they have to go with the draft, I'm going to give you a name in each that should be available in each round. Give me the thumbs up, the thumbs down, or like, heck no. Um, he's going to be terrific at the combine. His athleticism is going to be off the charts. He may drop into the teens. Maybe the Saints can move up. Anthony Richardson of Florida.
7: Nope, thumbs down. Uh, and listen, I love I love Richardson in Florida. He's one heck of an athlete. He is a potential playmaker. Uh, but the kid should have stayed in school for another year. I don't you have to doubt whether the Saints have the offensive coaches right now on staff to develop a quarterback. If you were going to run it back with Jameis Winston in 2023, then I would say, yeah, Draft Richardson, let him sit a year or two and develop. If you have the coaches to do so, but none of those things are going to take place. I I, I go elsewhere with my first round pick.
1: Second rounder should be available. Only problem is he's got that injured knee. Hendon Hooker, Tennessee. Yay nay.
7: Oh, I love Hendon Hooker. I would take Hendon Hooker in the first round with the 29th pick. I'd okay. take Hendon Hooker over Richardson. Okay. Uh, you know, The knee is not that concerning to me. The age is not that concerning to me. I love his mechanics, and he is going to be a player in this league.
1: Fresno State, round three, Jake Hainer. A um, lot, lot of people like him. Confidence, live arm, commands <laughs> the huddle. Um Maybe the next Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott type of player in the right system develop. I'm grasping
7: for straws here. Uh Jake Hayner, Fresno State, you know these guys. I do. And I, I've only seen a little bit of film on Hayner, but you're right. Scouts are high on him. He is a definite day two pick. Uh, I say if he's there in the third round and you didn't draft a quarterback in the first two rounds, if you're the Saints, yeah, I'd take him.
1: Okay. Um, round four from BYU, Jaron Hall. Didn't have a great senior bowl practice. Um, He can play. He's in that system where they throw it around. Um, Fourth round. I've always said you got to keep draft. You should draft a quarterback in every round. I mean, in every year, every draft class, you should draft a quarterback because you never know. The Saints didn't do anything with Breeze. And now look where we are. Right. Look where we are.
7: Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and yeah, Jaron Hall has some interesting physical ability, uh, but he doesn't look like he can read a defense at all to me, okay. uh, and, and that's probably why he wouldn't be a higher pick. It's probably why he's, he is projected to okay. drop into day three. Uh, but if he's there, and you don't ha- have an answer at your quarterback position yet, I agree with you. I think you go for him and try to develop it.
1: Round number five. He's experienced. Um, he has got high athletic upside. Um, from UCLA, Dorian Thompson Robinson, you give him a shot at
7: round five. I do. I love DTR. I don't know why people aren't talking about him as a day two pick because of his athleticism. I know he is short. Listen, that doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, he'd have to be in a little bit more of a pro set uh, pro set system. Uh, but I, I love his intangibles too, his competitiveness, his athleticism. Yeah. I think DTR has a shot to be a sleeper in this draft.
1: All right, let's go to round six. Um, fell in love with him because what he did with his team got him to the final four, Max Duggan TCU. You haven't drafted a quarterback. you like, uh, and, and there's Max in round six. He's a great leader. He's tough as nails. Maybe not the most accurate. We saw that in the championship. Do you take a flyer on a Max Duggan, or you say, no, he's just not going to make it in the league?
7: No, I think I do take a flyer on Max Duggan. Because, listen, you know, when you're drafting you know, sixth, seventh-round picks, you're drafting guys who statistically, uh, statistically aren't favored to make your roster anyway. So anything you get out of them is pure gravy. You want to talk about intangibles. Like you said, Duggan's intangibles and leadership is off the chart. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think. Yeah, I do think that I take a flyer on him. Uh, you know, he's smart enough to grasp my system and you know, let it play out from there.
1: Here's my problem with all these free agency quarterbacks: Derek Carr <laughs> and Jimmy Garoppolo and Geno Smith, whatever. If these teams say, you know what, now, nah, now, nah. why would I want that player when those other teams that have seen him every day? And work with them. Why would I want them? I, that's that to me is the is the essence of mediocrity. So well, what's? I don't get it, Bob. Help me. I don't get
7: it. I, I, I listen. I wish I could. I'm trying to paint positive pictures on you, Derek Carr, Garoppolo, some of these other guys that might wind up in New Orleans if they don't get the, you know, either of those two. Uh, but. It, it, it's an interesting quandary. I mean, we j- literally just got done saying that, you know, we, you, you and I both expected Carr to gather a lot more interest when he was released from the Raiders, and it's a little bit surprising that he's not. Does that mean that only the desperate teams are going to gun after these guys? Uh, it, we'll see. We still have a few weeks to play out through free agency. Uh, yeah, I, I personally, I think both Carr and Garoppolo could still be a quality starter, but it has to be in the right system. These aren't plug-and-play guys that will flourish anywhere they go
1: and i don't see i mean look at the look at the weapons he had at san francisco and um, and golly the saints just don't have that but um what happened there had to be something that happened between the saints and Jameis winston there had to be something off the field or something it just doesn't make sense to me here's a guy that's a starter and until he got hurt he wasn't that bad and then he fell off the face of the earth and when he got back they never played. I don't get it.
7: Something had to happen. Yeah, I agree with you because yeah, you know, James is absolutely loved by the, his teammates in that locker room too. Yeah, uh, you know, and it, it does make you wonder what happened. Uh, you know, not if something happened, but what happened, and not necessarily between Jameis Winston and the organization. I think between Jameis Winston and the man who makes the decision on who's going to play every Sunday, and that's Dennis, Dennis Allen. Allen. right? Sean Payton was perfectly fine with Dennis uh, with, uh, with Jameis Winston. What's Dennis Allen's issue with Jameis Winston? I would I would pay a lot of money to have a truthful answer to that question.
1: I'm telling is it a personality conflict? Is it? Uh... His work, nobody's ever questioned his work ethic, have they?
7: No, not to my knowledge. Uh, I mean, yeah, his first year or two in the league, yeah, w- was questioned a little bit. His maturity was questioned. So, yeah, in my opinion, work, ethic, and maturity often go hand in hand. But the last couple of years, you know, even his last year in Tampa Bay, Arians went out of his way to talk about how good a teammate and how hard a worker Jameis Winston was. Those are same traits that Sean Payton praised himself when he brought him him. Uh, you know, we're trying we're throwing Dennis Allen under the bus a little bit here. Pete Carmichael has probably had a lot to do with it, too. Pete has always been very, very quiet when it comes to the subject of Jameis Winston. So maybe it's a Pete Carmichael and Dennis yeah. Allen thing. But clearly, there there has to be there is some disconnect between those three parties.
1: I swear, Bob, I have no idea what the Saints are going to do. I don't know where they go. It put all their chips in the basket with Derek Carr. And I I don't know what 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 else they can do Um, if they don't get. I don't know. Are the Saints still an attractive landing spot? Sean Payton built that franchise where free agents wanted to go. Is it still that? I get the feeling it's not.
7: No, I get the feeling it's not, too. Uh, I mean, you have you, know, you have stars that are still playing well, but aging. You have a team in perpetual salary cap difficulty uh, Yeah, that always manages to get under the cap. But if I'm a quarterback, uh, and you just mentioned it a minute ago, I'm looking at the New Orleans roster, and I'm saying, good. Alave, good weapon. Camara, legal trouble, how how are they going to be able to bring in weapons for me if they bring me in? That's that's my question right now right. if I'm Derek Carr Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: And every good team I see out there has a really good tight end that can catch. She's like a big old wide receiver. Yep. Ain't got that. Jawan Johnson, yeah. uh-uh,
7: uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love Jawan Johnson, but nobody is going to be mistaking him for Travis Kelsey or even Dallas Goddard or George Kittle anytime soon.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to figure out on this thing. But uh, what's uh, what's the big next um, event on the calendar for the NFL? Is that uh, the new new calendar year coming up?
7: Yeah, basically, uh, you know, you're you're going to have uh, you know the, the so-called you know, quote unquote legal tampering period for free agents to start on March 13th. But the official signing day isn't until March 15th. And you know, going back to what you, you know, wondered out loud about quarterbacks, I think we're going to find out real quick where Carr and Garoppolo goes right after yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and, and if the Saints don't get either of these guys, it's at that point they'll have they'll have to go after a second-tier guy, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, one of those yeah. names that gives you shutters, uh, and that opens up the probability that they spend a first-round pick on one. Uh, but, yeah, there's nothing really. I mean, the franchise tag has, uh, uh, yeah, period has already started. We don't expect the Saints to franchise tag any of their pending free agents. Uh, so the next date is March 15th, free agency.
1: All right, Bob Rose on a Thursday, as talented as he is on a Tuesday. Thank you, my friend. I greatly appreciate How's the weather in your part of the world, by the way? What's the temperature today?
7: Oh, it's schizophrenic. Uh, we're looking at 72 degrees right now, uh, <laughs> but we're going to have a high of 34 tomorrow. So th- <laughs> there we have it.
1: <laughs> Only in America. Uh, you're the best, my friend. Thank you so much, man. Have a great week.
7: Oh, you too, my friend. God blessings. We'll see you soon. Bob Rose, Saints
1: News Network, back after this timeout.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: All right, we here at the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Know you love our shenanigans on and off the air. What shenanigans? We want to help you help us. So go and subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Game Louisiana, at The Game Louisiana, and turn that bell on so you can get notifications when we post our new content and game recaps. Help us get to 1,000 followers and see more of our fun behind the scenes and after work mischief at the at symbol, The Game Louisiana on YouTube. He's been a star on the
0: hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So, what's the secret to the blonde bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right, what a fun, fun show it was today. In my opinion, Hope it was as fun um... To you as well Uh, because we talked about a little bit of everything good luck to the lsu women's basketball team tonight at vanderbilt we got a preview with patrick wright the voice of the lady tigers good luck to the pels tonight as they um resume the regular season after the all-star break 23 games left in the regular season starting tonight at toronto we got a preview of that with Ali koselle always fun to talk to kimberly chopin of the lottery Great to talk with Mikey Matuk, who on uh, back in 2010 hit for the cycle, which Trey Morgan did just the other day on Tuesday, first time since then. Um, so it was fun talking with Mikey. And then, of course, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. We always uh, enjoy uh, visiting with him. We are off tomorrow because we have LSU baseball on tomorrow. Uh, Kansas State, 2 o'clock uh first pitch you can listen to that right here on the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles to all of you heading to the Cajun Dome tonight Toto followed by journey don't stop believing don't stop believing um come up and say hello because i'm I'm heading to it baby I'm getting my weekend started early so I'm heading to it. Uh, that'll be fun. If today, February 23rd, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Um, celebrating his 86th birthday today, Tom Osborne, the former Nebraska head football coach, you know, he had in his career an 84% winning percentage. Over the course of five years, he was 63 won three national championships in four years. Sheesh. (laughs) I mean, they had a factory going on there. He left and that thing went plummeting into the abyss, into the abyss. So happy 86th birthday to the coach who turned politician, Tom Osborne. Yes, indeed. Um, All right. So again, tomorrow, LSU baseball Uh, No show for us, uh, but come on back Monday, God willing, and we'll recap everything that happens over the weekend. There's a ton. Basketball, college, NBA, men's, women's, baseball, all that stuff. We'll recap it all on Monday. James Mesh, thank you for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in whatever form or fashion that you do, and thanks to our partners. God bless you. We could not do it without you. And we wouldn't do it without you. Uh, So enjoy the rest of your day. Remember, stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another. And life is short. Let's be happy. Up next, crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. Until Monday, I'm Jordy Hultberg. See you soon.